Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. Welcome back, everyone, to part two of our special two-part episode, October Surprise. On part one of this episode, we were talking about our latest TV special that's coming out worldwide on AMC Shutter this October 20th, the Belay Brothers Dragula Resurrection. The special is themed around Halloween and features stars from all three seasons of the Belay Brothers Dragula returning to the competition and competing for the first time against one another. The winner of the special will receive $20,000 in cold hard cash and will be resurrected to return and compete on the upcoming Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 4. Today we'd like to welcome all seven competitors to the show to talk about resurrection and what their experience filming this was actually like. So let's get right to it. Our first guest competed on the Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 2 and came so close to snatching the crown her first time around. And I think this time she's back for blood. Please welcome the vivacious Victoria Black. Victoria, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. How are you? I'm doing great. Have you recuperated since we've been to Orlando? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course, of course. Good. So part of creating this project had us actually coming to your house and filming. As you know, uh, we filmed your day-to-day life and viewers may not know this, but that experience can be pretty invasive. Was this part of filming harder than you expected it to be or was it okay? Honestly, it was a blast to do because even just to have you guys in our home um, in general was really fun. And just to be able to like play show and tell, it was just a good time. You have a really interesting house, too. I really can't wait for viewers to see everything. There's so many like little interesting pieces everywhere. And uh, not only that, but you know, you're such a talented special effects makeup artist. And you have this huge setup at your home where you make all your props and looks. And it was just a treat to come into Victoria Black's lab and just watch you make things. Uh, are you, ex- you? Yeah. Are you excited for people to see behind the curtain like that? Or does it... No, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty stoked for them to see everything finally. Cause I've never really posted anything about like how we live and just like how all the behind the scenes is before the show is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be cool just to see everyone's reaction and all that, how they I, see it. I think that's going to be really satisfying for a lot of fans because in their minds, I'm sure they imagine like, oh, Victoria Black must live like this crazy like Halloween fantasy all year around with all of this wild setup and, you know, these pieces that she builds all this monstrous stuff with and it's exactly the fantasy i mean you do de- your house delivers exactly that so they're gonna be very it's very satisfying <laughs> that's my hope that's my hope. 
You also have this weekly live drag showcase in Orlando, the Creature Feature Show, and it's been such a huge outlet for you. Can you tell us how you've been feeling since the show has been affected by COVID and just how that's going and if you're missing performing live and all that? Well, since the club shut down when the COVID outbreak happened and we had to um, stop our show happening at the clubs and we ended up moving it to digital drag. Um, that was pretty wild and a big change for everyone because we had to learn all the technology and just like figuring it out and just pretty much just trying to fit in that at that point to have our weekly thing to still be able to have it. Um, cause it was very difficult just because we really didn't want to lose our baby and our night. But like also at all at the same time, it was great to have like a little break and just a, a little reflection of just like creative like ideas and just being able to have that time was very like helpful. I would say. I, uh, I think I noticed and you can correct me if I'm wrong that the creature feature night is starting back up. Is that right? It is. It's actually starting up. Um, on the 6th, so it's going to be right around the corner. It's going to be so exciting. The fans could finally come back out and have a good time. Uh, it's going to be so cool. So what are you What are you guys doing differently because of COVID? Well, honestly, most of it is going to be up to the club, so we don't have too much say, but like we are trying to just minimal, um, like keep the like tipping to a minimum. If we could do like um, Venmo or like any kind of cash app sort of deal instead of like having to grab money from a person. <laughs> um, we even like thought about having like little trick or treat bags so we could have people tip in those. So we can oh, that's cute. avoid just like that contact that we don't have to do if we don't need to. I have an idea. You can have Opulence tell people at the beginning, you can put a cauldron because I know you can make some cool ass cauldron, put it in the middle of the room. And then if people want to tip you, they can come up and put the tips in there and then they don't have to touch you guys. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Um, We should definitely do that. So since we can't do a proper premiere party due to COVID, how do you plan on watching the show this time around? Like, do you guys have anything special planned? Well, since it actually falls on a Tuesday, it will end up being one of our um, weeks at Creature Feature. So that's going to be an extra special week. We might not perform, but like it's going to be a really fun time to just watch with everyone, especially it being a two-hour special. It's like a full movie, like marathon sort of deal. Wow, that is so. That's going to be so exciting, not only for you and your family, but all your fans right there in Orlando. Oh, it's that's very cool. I'm very excited. I can't describe. <laughs> Good for you. That sounds fun. Yeah, even for us here in LA, like no one's going to be able to get together and watch this thing. So we're like, okay, I guess everyone have fun. <laughs> we'll see. You should fly here and like watch it with us. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, that is all the time we have now. But thank you so much for joining us. And honestly, thank you for being a part of the special in general. It was such a treat to come in, see you and hang out with you and just get to see all your behind the scenes activities. It was really a good time. No, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on this. It was an absolute dream and a really awesome experience. It's going to be so spooky. I can't wait. (laughs) We would like to thank the mother of the House of Black, Miss Victoria Elizabeth Black, for joining us. But right now, we're going to move on to one of Dragula's true glamour icons, the sensational Saint. Saint, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited. Good. It's great to hear your voice again. Yeah, it's it's been really, this has all been like one of the funnest journeys ever. Like if you would have told me when I started um, season three that I would be here doing this with y'all now, I would have, I don't know, this has all been like one of the best journeys of my life. Well, if you told me that we'd be doing this too after season three, I wouldn't believe it either. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, I noticed since you competed on season three of the show, you've dropped the Lucia part of your name in St. Lucia and it's just Saint now. So... Um, why are you always fucking with your drag name? I mean, are you just like trying to thumb your nose at marketing tropes or like, what is it? I, I, I feel like, um, I'm always constantly like trying out new things and evolving. And I feel like my name is like an extension of that because when I did St. Lucia, it was more of a, it was more of like, I want a really cool drag name, but now I'm to the point where I'm like, I want to be emblematic and bold. So. Mm, Okay. Okay. How about this? Let's make a deal. Why don't we settle on this one? What do you think? 
Yeah, this is it. This is it. Okay, this is it. This is, this is it. it. <laughs> I'm not going to complain because it's a smaller nameplate across the screen, so I'm I'm into it. <laughs> uh, you know, we we learned through filming with the cast of the Blade Brothers: Dragula Resurrection that some of you have had very personal experiences, shall we say, with each other in the past. And I was wondering, is it part of your plan to win this competition to use your seductive powers on your fellow competitors and take them out like a Black Widow or something? Absolutely. What was it like having the Boulay brothers and our small strike force of crew members come to Ackworth, Georgia and film with you? I mean, did you did you enjoy it? Was it surreal? Like, walk us through that a little bit. Um, I... I- I, I like look at y'all as like an extension of my family. I look at all, all of um, like season three as like an extension of my family. So it didn't really hit up until you guys got here. Cause it was like, even the day before I was like, they're not coming here. They're not going to, they're not going to be in my home. And when you guys were here, I was like, okay, they're here. This is, this is weird. This is like, this is strange. <laughs> and every night after we wrapped, I'm just like, what did I just do? <laughs> Yeah, did, were you surprised that we were able to find horrible locations even in your town that you ah, didn't know about? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, 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 the swamp was the one that I was, was like, who would have guessed this? Was, what, what were y'all doing to to find that? We know all the scary places in the world. Just know that <laughs> they're on reserve. They're in a file. We're like, we have to film here. We have to film here. We have to film here. We can bury the bodies here. We can burn one here. <laughs> And that swamp is, uh, don't go digging around there. That's all I'll say. <laughs> like, why were y'all there? Hey, we were on a mission and I don't know. I think, I think it's just like a sixth sense because we, we stopped at, you know, seven locations all around the country. It, it was part of our job to find places that were spooky and had enough ambiance and appropriate to feature you guys. Yeah. I mean, we had to kind of work ahead of time to plan all that. Cause obviously we were traveling around. So we were kind of working remotely as we were going to get everything set up in advance. So it was difficult, but uh, a challenge that we were happy to take on, I will say. And there's actually locations that none of you know about that you're going to see when it airs. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> surprising <laughs> for you as well. I was going to say, who do you think is your biggest competition this time around? Ooh. Um, hmm. I... I, it's it's hard to say. It's always hard to. It's like it's almost like asking someone, "Who do you think is going to go home first? Because mm-hmm. it, it feels like the same way. But it, it, like without being able to see what everyone did, I just have not counted anybody out. Mm. I think that's wise. Like I, I just there's no way I would be able to even peg a single person. Yeah. Do you think was it easier to do it this way, not knowing what everyone's doing, or does it make it more difficult? I think for me, it was a lot easier to do it this way because, um, you know, you just lose that whole, tr- because it, it, it can be intimidating being in the room with other people and seeing their looks and like kind of like second guessing yourself. But it made it a lot easier because I was just going with all of my first instincts. There was no second guessing because I didn't have anything to second guess it to. So mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like this is some of the most original drag that I'll produce in a, in a like, mm, pop culture setting. Yeah, it's really exciting. And I know that listeners hearing you say that, I'm sure that their level of excitement is going way up too, because not only like the format changes and sort of like the surprise fact that this resurrection is coming out and the prize and all that stuff. But I think across the board, the competitors really delivered amazing looks and performances. It's going to be such a treat to share this with everyone. Yeah, I still maintain. I mean, we talked about this with Entertainment Weekly that this is the most impressive footage we've ever gotten. I think this pro- the end product of this is the most incredible thing we've produced to date. And I really can't wait for everybody to see it and to see all of you. I'm just as excited as the fans to see what, what all this turns into. <laughs> well, talking about the, the release date and the fans, as you know, due to COVID, we can't hold any proper premiere parties this time around. So how do you plan on watching the show once it comes out? Do you have anything special planned or w- what are you thinking? Um, I, it's going to be a very, a very intimate setting. Um, I have a bunch of friends coming over. I have about eight friends coming over. We're all going to sit up, gather around the TV, and watch it. And you're all going to wear masks. We're all, right? all going to we're going to all wear masks. We're all going to sit six <laughs> feet apart. <laughs> very good. That's going to be quite a fun party. But that's how we have to do things now, right? Yeah. Oh, I said it's the new normal for for a while. 
Oh yeah, completely. I wish that Drac and I could split ourselves into seven little pieces and just be on your walls and on your ceilings, like watching these little intimate viewing parties. Because it would be it would be really fun just to see your expressions when you see how amazing that all of these floor shows look. Oh wow! Um, I was I was thinking about maybe going live um, and watching some of it um, on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, you could. I, it would probably be fun for fans, but I almost feel like for you, for everything that you put into it, it's almost like. I would want to just watch it by myself and not even have the distraction, you know? Well, if you do it, definitely don't turn your phone towards the TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just get to see my reaction. <laughs> like free live feed. Go get Shutter like the rest of us. Exactly. Exactly. And on that note, as we push Shutter subscriptions, uh, that'll make them love us just a little bit more. Uh, Saint, we want to thank you for joining us. We're out of time. Um, thank you for joining us with the special, for sharing yourself and your life and your art and uh, joining us today. All right. Thank you all for having me again. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, we'd like to welcome our next guest from season two, the delectable Dalid. Dalid, welcome to the show. Good evening. Good evening. (laughs) I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? Good. Have you put your life back together since we visited you? (laughs) I'm still waiting for it to come together to begin with. <laughs> She's like, it was a mess before we got there. Don't worry about it. Well, I'm glad I didn't know we didn't disrupt you too bad. <laughs> yeah, no. Clean house, messy lifestyle. <laughs> there you go. All right, listen, we're going to jump right into this. So we're going to start with a serious question. So kill, fuck, marry the cast of the Blade Brothers Dragula Resurrection. Um, <laughs> I would probably marry... <sighs> probably Mary Saint mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know that I'd fuck any of them and I think that goes hand in hand with the second one because I kill everything that I fuck <laughs> <laughs> a little Black Widow theme going through <laughs> yeah you'll like notice a, a trend <laughs> <laughs> So listen, you've grown so much as an artist since season two and your drag has really evolved. Can you tell uh, us and listeners like what's inspired the change and kind of walk us through your evolution? Um, I think what inspired the change in the evolution of my drag was um, right after my season, I kind of felt like I was plateauing a bit where I had like met the full potential of that character and I just needed... I don't know. I needed to take a step back and like examine it and was like, okay, yeah, we're, we're done with this. So I just kind of like threw um, gender completely out of the window. And that was, that's really like the biggest evolution of it is the fact that I became genderless um, and got rid of everything that like made me feminine presenting. Yeah. And I, interestingly, I caught uh, an Instagram live where you were talking about your feelings in regards to gender roles and drag. Can you share more about your thoughts on what role you feel gender plays in drag with the listeners? Sure. Um, I mean, because the, it's kind of a subjective kind of thing, because a lot of people connect gender to drag so much. But for me personally, I don't think that it has anything to do with drag like what your gender is doesn't have anything to do with what your character is because your character is fictional like why who's fucking your character you know well mm-hmm. you, know? <laughs> hey. you all <laughs> i don't i am into that clown fucking <laughs> well uh, oh that's so funny no, I mean, I, I I just caught a bit of it. And the things you were saying, I thought were really interesting. I was like, God, more people need to hear someone speak about drag in this way because it's uh, it's true what you were saying. Yeah, they make it too much of like a real person. They look at it too real sometimes. And I'm like, dude, you need to let go. It's like, it's a fantasy. It's a character. It's an idea, a concept. It's not meant to have a gender or like, I don't know. It can have things like mannerisms or behavioral traits or like even a voice, but like, I don't know. I fully realized doesn't mean that something has to have a gender. I think you think more along the lines that we do too, where it's like, I mean, you could be a robot or you could be an alien. I mean, you just, it's not about, you know, it's like a fantasy, but I think, you know, there are traditional drag artists, I think that are like, I'm a gender illusionist, you know, and that's for them. So that's their touch for different folks, you know? 
For sure. I mean, that's the big approach of drag here in Phoenix, Arizona, is we have a lot of what we call female impersonators and they do like, you know, celebrity impersonations or they're impersonating a female. That's different. Yeah. That, to- that so is- <laughs> are you good at, what do you do, Liza? Is that your... <laughs> <laughs> she did not. <laughs> uh, Liza, it's her speci- speciality. <laughs> oh my god! Now, mama, <laughs> I would die if you moonlighted as. Holy like, shit! I mean, honestly, you do a whole special just about that. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where the fuck to start. Holy oh my- shit! I mean, I can see it across the the marquee now. Dadley's Liza Minnelli monologues. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucking gutted. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that man. is hilarious. Can you imagine that's the new spinoff? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I do want to ask you about something uh, kind of serious. Well, I don't know. It's kind of serious. But something that fans of season two didn't realize is that when you were on your season, that you're of mixed race. And you kind of talk about that on the special, that your mother's white and your father's black. And I was wondering, do you feel that what's happening now with Black Lives Matter movement, do you think it makes it more important for you to make sure that people understand that and know about that about you? Yeah, I mean, I guess... Um being raised in like a white household and there was a lot of racism. And then after I left that, I went into the music industry um, and it happened to be alternative music, which we all know is predominantly white male. Um, So I kind of just didn't even, I don't know, because I am white passing for a lot of people. um, I was never one to deny my race. If someone asked me what I was mixed with and they're like, well, here we go. But you know, I just Mm -hmm. didn't think it was, um, important at the time that I was, you know, a person of color or a person of mixed race that was, you know, front manning a band or anything. I just didn't see that race was important at the time, but that's also part of like the white passing privilege that I have is I didn't see it as like, I needed to be a part of this representation. And now I black lives matter, you know, since that started earlier this year um it kind of like shook me a little bit to the core and i felt kind of like i guess <sighs> guilty for not being more vocal about my my background um mm-hmm. but because of being raised by white people i kind of got you know a little like shivved out of having you know a rich cultural background cuz i wasn't like brought up around that So now it is super important that I'm, because it's still, regardless of like the color of my skin, it's still a representation of biracial people. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's important now and I'm pushing, I'm pushing hard now. (laughs) I'm doing what I'm doing for what I like, I guess I'm making up for what I missed out on for like years and I don't, it's, it's important. Well, I think that's the thing about a, a movement, right? Is it sort of makes people re-examine things that we all were comfortable with. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes you go back and look at things. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've always thought that making someone uncomfortable is the best way out because I'm, <laughs> I'm so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's actually very true. <laughs> As a house guest of yours, I'll say that. <laughs> she's like no comment (laughs) shut your trap (laughs) did you how was it having like us and and the crew be there like was it weird did you did you feel like it was more comfortable or more uncomfortable than being on the show like coming here and doing it um i think it's the same amount of comfortability honestly because Mm -hmm. um this time was a little bit different because like the film crew was all like you guys were all like I don't know. It was like hanging out with your friends, basically. Right. It was yeah. like a tight niched group that I'm already familiar with. So it wasn't like a big, scary thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was really uh, weird at first. Cause I was like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> this, hey, this is so fucking strange. <laughs> I think all of the competitors had a touch of that too. I mean, even us too, at times it'd be like, okay, yeah, um, I'm in this weird middle of nowhere desert hole, like with Dolly and we're filming, you know, it just, yeah, it's just it just, these, like, these moments. 
<laughs> it was like very like I don't know, like, kind of like uh, like a fever dream. I was like, God, have I like thought about this and was like, this is like such a dumb reality, and that's happening. <laughs> well, it's weird because it was like so intense, and then we're gone. You know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, your little thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah, I think we come in, we're together for a long period of time, and then it's like blink, we're gone again. But yeah, honestly, I had fun just coming and hanging out with all of you because we don't always get to hang out, all, especially with COVID. No one's seeing anybody right now, so it was fun to just hang out and talk with you all. Sure. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I had a great time. It was also kind of strange because, like I've said, I've been really like, hardcore like quarantined since March. So that was the most that I've had like human interaction with people outside of my roommate. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. am I coming off weird because I'm like a shut in now? <laughs> you're fine. You're, you are you're totally no. You were you were totally good. You were totally good. Uh, you know, another aspect of this too is that you know we know each other now, having filmed our you know our proper season. So everyone from seasons one, two, and three that we worked with on this resurrection special, there was a different kind of rapport that we. I think all of us had our guard down a little bit, and we. You know, it was a way for us to kind of work together again, but also kind of get to know each other a little better. And that was something I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And um, seeing you guys like be so hands on and everything, uh, that was really fucking cool, too. I was like, oh, nice. I actually like I told you before, I actually didn't think that you guys were going to be coming. <laughs> Someone like, else said that, too. They, Saint said the same thing. She was like, I didn't think you guys are coming. But, you know, even when you guys during your season, we are that hands on. Just people don't know it because we need to stay back because of the judging you know i don't want to feel like like i know even with season three we knew some and we knew you before you were on season two i don't want right. to seem like we're like playing favorite so it's like you have to be super neutral stay in the shadows and not be involved but we're very interested in making you guys look the best that you can and honestly we just like seeing what you do so we've always been very hands-on but yeah, yeah you guys are seeing that i guess for the first time that's wonderful <laughs> it is. Well, listen, listen, Dolly, um, we have to go. I think that's, uh, we're out of time for questions with you today, but listen, thank you for everything. Thank you for inviting us into your house, sharing your art again on this special and being part of this podcast. I'm sure the listeners are going to think it's a treat to just hear us talk about all this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I can't wait for everyone to see what, m what a mess we've made. <laughs> it's going to be great. I love it. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. All right, moving on. Our next guest was a competitor from season one and was probably the most controversial competitor from her season. Please welcome the lovely Loris. Hello, Loris. Welcome to the show. Hey, happy to be here. How are you? I'm fabulous. Yeah, how are you feeling? Uh, we came and kind of invaded your life for a while and we're filming with you a lot and then suddenly we disappeared. Are you getting back to normal now? <laughs> yes, my, my feelings of abandonment are slowly healing. I'm, I'm finding myself <laughs> intact again. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a delight to hear. Well, listen, as Jack mentioned, you were considered kind of a polarizing figure on the first season of the show. And I think when people got to see you and all the aftermath and everything online and all of that, people either loved you or hated you, or at least that's the way it seemed. There, there was kind of very little gray area for you. What do you think that was all about? Well, that's been very much the case in my life, I think. Um, just being an artist and being, I think, very good at what I do rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, I also don't have the easiest personality to get along with, you know? I'm very, like, about my art, and I'm, I'm very particular about how I like my, my things to be presented, and I, my humor kind of doesn't make sense to everyone, you know? It's a little bit weird, and uh, so that's just kind of, you know, it's made my friend circle very small and very tight, but I like it that way, you know? Sure, that's definitely not a bad thing. Yeah, do you think that that is an in-person thing or an online thing? thing because i feel like in person that's not really the case or am i wrong about that i guess it depends on whether or not i've been drinking um <laughs> good answer <laughs> Honestly, you know I, I i feel like i have good days and i have bad days just like everybody else um, yeah i just tend to express a little bit more of the bad online you know <laughs> Well, it's sure. interesting. You know, it, I always find you fascinating on TV. You know, I think people's eyes just go to you because you're interesting to watch. You're not, you know, a typical cookie cutout character. I'm good or I'm bad or I'm this or that. So it's always you just never know what you're going to do, which I think is fascinating. That means a lot. Yeah. My goal with drag is to make people feel something, you know, like whether or not it's like a good something. I want to make <laughs> people feel something. <laughs> Do you think that uh, viewers this time around are going to see that same kind of polarizing energy or no? 
I think so. I think just the fact that I'm involved is going to be polarizing for, for some people, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. Like, bring on the drama, bring on the memes. Yeah, I'm happy to hear you say that, but I'm curious, like, did you make more guarded decisions this time about what you were going to say or what you were going to share sort of based in the fallout of the all the media and backlash that you got from the first season? Was there any more guarded Laura's this time or are you wide open? I guess... Um, my whole mission with this time around was sort of to not think about putting up any walls or like think, think too much before I speak and just be my authentic self. Um, so, you know, if that came off as maybe a little bit more guarded or a little bit more uh, calculated, maybe that's just like the person that I am, I guess. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it says a lot about me. So what do you think if you win, you are going to go on to season four? So how do you feel? Do you feel ready for everything that would come with that? Like, you know, the fan reaction and all the craziness on because it was a lot of hysteria around you on the first season. And now the show's so much bigger. It'd be even bigger. Are you ready for that? Yeah, uh, totally. I think I've learned with all that has happened to kind of ride with it and to ride the wave of, you know, whatever controversy or whatever people are kind of trying to point out about you, just like, you know, take advantage of the fact that they're talking about you and, and to propel that into making something greater for myself. So I think, mm. yeah. And I mean, costumes, I've got them like wigs. I've got them. I'm, I'm ready as far as, you know, putting together my looks. Yeah, I'm going to have to attest to that too, because just a little, to spell a little of like behind the scene production tea, when we were talking about um, the promo look, you seem so ready to be like, well, how about this? Oh, what about this? I have this look. Oh, I could do this look. I could do this. I mean, and it was really impressive because not a lot, not every drag artist can just say, hey, you know what? I have 10 looks in my back pocket and I can bring out any of them and put them at level 10. And you are absolutely capable of doing that. Well, and the one that you made that you ended up wearing you made that just for that, like instantly, right? Yeah. Um, so we were exchanging uh, between the, you know, the two of you and Ian and myself, we were exchanging sketches. And when we landed on something that we liked, I think I had four days to make it. Yeah. And I hand poured the material in my studio. It's like a really beautiful glittery latex material with multiple layers and shoulder pads on the jacket, like lots of studs and detailing. And yeah, I pulled that shit together and the headpiece too. <laughs> Super impressive. Really, really impressive. Thank you. That really means a lot coming from you guys. So what did it feel like to be back on camera again? Um, it, I mean, it was a little bit nerve wracking, but I think I overcame it after the, the first, you know, the first few minutes because it was you guys and it was people that I was sort of already a little bit familiar with. Mm -hmm. I felt like we were just kind of having a conversation and it was easier to forget that the camera was pointed in my face. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Um, you know, cause it was like, it'd been a while since season one. So I'm like, you know, when you sign up for something like this, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm cool. But then when the cameras show up, it becomes a different thing, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, it was, you know, it was quite an, an adjustment, but, um, I think like moving around a lot in life has just made me like prepared for those kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I, I actually had a really good time doing it. Oh, I love to hear that. It, it was really fun for us too, as the production team. And as you said, like, you know us, you know us, of course, from our experience on season one, but you also know us because we've curated so many nights in Los Angeles and, you know, we've done tour gigs together and we've had you be guests at our shows and stuff like that. So, um, but to see, you in your own environment and kind of creating all of your own things and kind of on your own terms. Um, it was really a pleasure for, for the whole crew too. Yeah. And like in, in, in between breaks, like being able to just like sit on the couch and talk with you Swan about like how we water our basil plants, like <laughs> totally different experience for me, you know, just being able to like, eat Taco Bell with you guys and like, like I don't, can I say Taco Bell? Can we say bread? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> You know, um, it's interesting because, you know, we do, you live in Los Angeles like we do. So you'll, you're, you perform at our parties and stuff. And I credit, uh, you and Abora and Zochi with, you know, we've always wanted to get you guys back on camera, but seeing you guys interact and stuff backstage at Queen Kong, it just fueled me more to want to get something like this together. Cause I'm like, we have so many stars on the show, you know, I was like, I want to figure out how to get them back in front of yeah, the camera. So, yeah, I just wanted to tell you that because it's uh, it, it gave us fuel and motivated us to make it happen. 
Yeah, that's really good to hear. And like, I always love uh, being part of y'all's parties. Like that was a big part of what kept me like doing drag as much as I was in the scene. You know, it's like the fact that there were such queer friendly and inclusive events all the time, like in the in the downtown LA area specifically. Well, you know, yeah. speaking of uh, downtown LA, you know, obviously we can't do a premiere party or anything this year. Like, as you know, Los Angeles is completely shut down. So what do you have any plans on how you're going to watch this since we can't do a premiere party? Do you have anything planned? Um, well, I mean, me and my, my roommates are probably going to get together and watch it here at our place, you know, uh, have a little shindig as much as we can. Uh, yeah. But besides that, not, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to get dressed in drag. well i can't wait for you to see it i think you're gonna love it we're very happy with it and uh thank you again for being a part of it we appreciate you putting all the effort and work into you know and just opening up your life to everybody like that yeah totally absolutely honestly it was a pleasure to be a part of it and like i feel yeah i'm just really excited to watch it awesome all right well thank you for being here we are out of time but i'm sure we'll talk to you soon and enjoy the premiere All right. Thank you guys so much for your time today. And uh, yeah, hopefully I can see you guys in person soon. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye, Loris. Bye. Okay. Next up, let's welcome season two's kick-ass killer queen, Kendra Onyx. Kendra, we're so glad you could be on the show with us today. Thanks for having me. Of course. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling in Southern California, being a fag. (laughs) (laughs) i love hearing your voice again we had so much fun with you it was like so fucking fun like the like we filmed and i was like i wish this wasn't over like i wish we were together (laughs) <laughs> fine. that kind of leads into my first question so you know i don't know if you know this but you are funny as fuck and so endearing to watch on tv and we've just spent the last few months digging through footage of you and you're just really hysterical and also incredibly so sincere funny. Why do you think you're so comfortable in front of the camera? I don't know, because I don't think I'm funny at all. Like, I, like you know, I say shit, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, Kenny, that was really funny. But, like, I don't think I'm funny to everybody else, but everybody always says I'm funny. And it's just me being me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't try to force jokes or yeah. force being funny. I'm just charming. That's probably what it is. It really is true, honestly. Like we're not just saying this because you're you happen to be in the interview position right now. When we've been going through the footage, like so many times, and we know what's coming. Like Jack, Jack and I are kind of like almost like holding our breath. Like she's about to say it. She's about to say it, and then you say it, and we cackle like hags. Like it is so funny. That's so funny. I don't. It it took it took a long time for me to even like my own voice. Like re like hearing it. Like, when I watched yeah. the second season over, I was like, oh, fuck, I suck. But, I mean, <laughs> that's me. Hey, it is what it is. So, listen, yeah, since, no, I was going to say, since we're flashing back to the second season of a show, I think this is on my mind. It may be on a lot of people's minds that are familiar with, you know, Dragula season two. When you were sitting in the boudoir, the first, th- uh, the first time that we saw you guys in there, mm-hmm. What the fuck were you cobbling with that shoe? Like you had a hammer and a shoe, like you were up there making a pair of high heels from scratch. Like, is that a secret skill that you have that we just don't know about? Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. So the shoes that I, they had like nails and barbed wire all over them. Okay. They also didn't have a heel on it. And then, so, you know, I practiced my little runway walk and then I was falling. I, every time I put them on, I fell. So I was like, fuck that. I'm not about to fall on national TV. And then they're going to be like, no, girl, you're in the bottom two because your bitch can't walk. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we watch it. We're like, what? What is she like making a shoe? I'm like, what's happening? There? <laughs> yeah, I was like pounding nails into the, the shoe. <laughs> she like... I want to hear the real Tia boy. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm so serious. I really wanted to, I wanted to hear everything. I didn't want to miss a freaking beat because it was juicy. It no, was. It was. That first day was so juicy with you all. It's true. It, it was crazy because none of that, nobody exchanged any words like the day we did the photo shoot. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, oh, we're all sisters. We love each other, you know. But then that happened. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, okay, I need to move seats. <laughs> I needed to hear everything. <laughs> so crazy. Season two was just like that. Like it was just like natural. It was like just like, you know, a fire. You it know? was explosive right from the start. 
Like, yeah. I literally almost fell out. Like, I, I, I say I almost fell out of the chair because I really almost fucking did. Because I was <laughs> leaning so far back. And then I thank God the freaking desk was right there. I, I would have fell out of the chair. <laughs> I love I love tea. <laughs> so tell me, what's the difference between Kendra Onyx on season two and Kendra Onyx now? Like, what should people expect to see from you this time around? Honestly, like, when we were filming, before we started filming, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to just be me and be cute, you know. But, like, as we were filming, I'm like, fuck, I really have evolved, you know. Like, yeah. I, I have a very, very clear voice in my drag. I've always had a very clear voice, but now I'm not skewed by other people's um, visions of me. It's like, I'm me. Mm, take interesting. Me, take me if you want it, and if you don't, fuck off and go suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, we all kind of feel like that a little bit. <laughs> True. Truthfully. Um so on that note, actually, you know, I want to talk to you about toxic fandom for a minute because I talked to you, you know, you live in LA as well mm-hmm. and you perform with us uh, at our clubs and stuff. And I talked to you backstage at a party. I think it was probably like a year ago or even maybe a year and a half ago at this point. And you mm-hmm. told me that during season two, you got a lot of like racial based hate messages from people on social media. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of listeners realize what sort of messages we all get from people on social media. So can you tell us more about what you were dealing with then? Well, I think it is. I think a lot of the fans they're like, they, they watch us on TV and they see like, Oh, Kendra Onyx on Netflix. And then they jump in the DMs and start like trying to tear me apart. And they don't realize that Kendra Onyx on Netflix is also Kenneth Hampton in real life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. a real fucking yeah. person. And just because I'm a different color or a different race does not negate the simple fact that I'm a fucking human being and you can't speak to me the way you want to speak to me. Mm-hmm. And once again, as we know from season two, I don't mind popping anybody in the mouth. So a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these Facebook warriors or Facebook thugs. Were you nervous at all to come back and get in front of audiences again after having to deal with that before? Um, not really. Only because, like, once again, I'm, like, sure in myself now. And the second time around, you just don't read the comments, you know? Just right. don't read them. <laughs> it's too yeah. easy because you can see a million great comments and then it's just that one fucked up comment. And that'll linger with you forever. Like, literally. Like, to this day, I still replay... Like that, like all the shit that people were saying about me, and it's crazy. It's yeah. totally human, though. I think that literally happens to everyone. It's, a, I think, it's a total skill that you have to focus on and develop if you're able to like look at those kind of comments and understand that like these people only see a small fraction of you. They see you through a keyhole, and you only get like a small percentage of who you are. It, you know, open the whole door, and you would see all of Kendra, but they're just open looking at you up. for that time. That, yeah. I think <laughs> I <bet> you have. <laughs> I say personally, though, that this format, the special that we're working on now, that this highlights you all in a more thorough way than the regular competition was, and that's why partially we're excited to do it because I want people to see Kendra Onyx because, like I say, you're so funny and engaging and entertaining to watch, yeah. and you. But you're only presented in a, a certain light on the show, so I'm like, with this special, I feel like people are going to be able to get to know you all better, which I really like. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot more intimate than the competition aspect of it for season two. You know what I mean? Because you, yeah. you literally get... The show is more focused on season two on the runway. You know what I mean? Right. They're not focused on us as a person, so to speak, versus us as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of want to say that too, kind of loud for all listeners to hear right now. I don't, care. I don't care what they think about us or the show or if they send hateful messages to anyone on this show, the cast, crew, or anyone, you are dead to us. I don't want to hear that ever. I'm like, you are not a fan of the show if you send hate messages to anybody on the show. I just, you, We feel like even though we don't always agree with everybody, the Dragula family is a family and you don't fuck with us. That's how yeah. I feel about it. Like yeah. We're a family. I can talk about any of my freaking sisters all I want to. But next, the, as soon as someone else talks about them, it's on. It's on and popping. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah, of course, I agree with everything that you guys are saying, too. Like, it is a family, and anyone that tries to, to fuck with family can fuck right off. I want to abruptly switch topics here because we're running out of time a little bit. We have to interview all of you guys. Uh, but since we can't do a proper premiere party due to COVID, and of course, we've all been kind of like locked down. So what are you planning as far as like watching the show? Do you have anything special planned for the occasion? Like, how are you going to do it? 
Um, I do kind of want to have, like, a viewing party at my house because, like, as you guys know, I have, like, a huge backyard. So, and then a lot of people, you know, their comfortability level mm-hmm. of COVID is different. So what I wanted to do is have bracelets. Like, a red bracelet is, like, you know, six feet apart, don't touch me. A green bracelet, we can talk. And then, like, a yellow bracelet, like, I'm cool. You know what I mean? Right. And you work in the medical industry, so you've already... I do. You've been having to deal with COVID more than anyone. So how oh, are you yeah. feeling about everything? I'm good. I get COVID tested once a week, so I'm good to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, once again, all you have to do is do basic hygiene. Wash your hands. Don't fucking put your hands in your eyes. Don't put your hands in your mouth. And wear your mask. Not for you. Your mask is to protect other people from you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Uh, thank you so much for joining us again. We could talk to you for hours and I'm sure we'll have you back soon. But um, thanks for opening up your life to us and letting us film you and all that stuff. I can't wait for you to see the special. Of course. I'm so fucking excited. I cuss a lot. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yes. I'm so so excited to see all the footage. I'm excited to see the girls. And thank you guys for having me once again. Of course. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, Kendra. Love Love you you too. too. Bye. Bye. Next up, we want to welcome the Belay Brothers Dragula Southern Fried Sissy herself, Miss Priscilla Chambers. Priscilla, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. How are you guys doing? We're great. How are you? I'm hanging in there, you know, getting ready for Halloween. How are things in Asheville since we left? Oh, they've been great, actually. Uh, the day after you guys left, I immediately started packing my stuff up and moving into a new apartment. So oh. I've just been staying busy this entire time. Well, how's oh, the new place? Uh, very spooky. I'm living with a tattoo artist, and <laughs> so it's just taxidermy and a bunch of gay shit everywhere. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly how I picture it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, you live in a pretty small town, uh, Asheville, and it seems like the type of place that people would talk. And people definitely saw camera crews following you around. I was wondering if people like have been asking you like what you're up to or like what that was about or what. No, you know what's crazy is that I guess I'm really good at selling this shit, but okay. I've only had one person be like, girl, are you on? And I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And she was like, well, I didn't think so, because you were over at my house about two weeks ago, and there's no way you could have filmed. And I was like, you're exactly right, girl. I couldn't have. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, no, everything's, I've been super quiet about everything, and I think we got away with it. So Awesome. So when we came to you know your hometown, Asheville, where you currently live, when you were cast on season two, did you ever think that one day we would be in your house filming with you like in real life? Uh, absolutely not. You know, I still have nightmares from season three set. So, um, <laughs> no, the fact that you guys were in my house, I was like, is this real? And then you like both sat down on the couch after we got done with the first day of filming. And I was like, oh, God, they're touching my things. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, our time in Asheville was super fun. You know, a huge part of that was because of you and just getting to see you again and just, you know, getting to create this special together. But also Asheville itself, it's kind of like this really liberal kind of cool sort of punk place in the middle of like a giant red state. It was really kind of surprising. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a special place for sure. And um, one of the things about it that made it special was like our experience with seeing you going tubing down the French Broad River. Now, <laughs> I need you to tell the listeners all about like tubing and Asheville and specifically the story that you shared about tubing to the gig because that shit cannot be topped. <laughs> uh, honey. So yeah, you know, Asheville, it's honestly, in my opinion, the only like safe space we have in North Carolina. You know, there's a lot of progressive cities here, but you know, we're just a small little town and people like to call us a city, but we're not. We're a little town in the mountains. And I mean, We do not tolerate racism, bigotry, transphobia, none of that shit flies here. You know, so I'm very blessed to be living in this town. And that's why I never wanted to leave. And, you know, I had a couple questions from people being like, are you ever going to move out to L.A.? And uh, I I don't think I will. It's a little bit cleaner here and surprisingly in North Carolina. Yeah. (laughs) So I definitely want to stay in Asheville. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of people do here is the French Broad River. We like to float down it and we go tubing. The river is disgusting. It's the color of a yoo-hoo. Um, it, it's nasty. A <laughs> um, lot of, you know, bacterial infections in there. So, but, you know, that's cute. <laughs> but 
you know, we all like to go tubing. I mean, like I've seen people on air mattresses, all kinds of shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember I was about, I think right before I got casted on season three, uh, we had a huge hurricane that had like happened, I guess on the West coast. And we were like kind of over flooding and I was sitting there, you know, like pre-gaming before the gig. And I looked at my roommate at the time and I was like, why don't we just float down the river and we'll just tell everyone and they can all greet us there. Right. So we get two big tubes and then I go buy this like cheap little key lime float that I have my drag suitcase on and it's in like two trash bags and I've got it connected, you know, to me and we're floating down the river. I'm in full fucking geesh and we're going down and I did not realize the current was going to be so strong and like the water was high up. So, I mean, we almost died, but I think that experience got me set up for Dragula. So did you just get out and get painted from there? No, I was already painted. I was in full makeup. Oh I was in, God. I didn't have hip pads on or anything, but I mean, I was in full drag. I had my little like bathing suit on. So it got super dark. And when we finally got there, I'm like crawling out of the fucking water. Like, oh my God, <laughs> someone help me. Bring me a shot of Espelon. You know, so we, we walked up and I got greeted and I went there. It smelled like the river, but I did that damn show. <laughs> Love it. Amazing. Can you imagine if you had had hit pads on, how much of that river would have been soaked up? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, at least I would have floated, maybe. I don't know. Oh, maybe so. <laughs> Can you imagine just float on your hit pads down the river? Yeah, um, it's on my back. Not a care in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Priscilla, since season three aired, you began your journey of transitioning, which we talked about while we were there and we talked about on the special. Um, were you nervous at all about sharing that level of you know your personal story with fans or on the show like were you guarded at all like how did you feel about that experience um you know yes i am i have been transitioning since the show ended it's been a year and some change um i think it was like in may of last year that i started taking hormones Mm -hmm. and you know it was it's kind of difficult for me to say because one part of me was very excited to share my story because I know that there's a lot of people out there who need to hear it and we need trans representation in the media. Mm -hmm. And so I was very excited to get that opportunity and to really get to showcase myself because what you saw in season three was me, but it was like, just, it was this hollow shell of myself. And, you know, I, I wasn't confident. I was struggling with a drug addiction and ever since hormones, all that fog in my head has kind of went away and I've, been able to think clearly. And so that whole thing of feeling vulnerable, because, you know, whenever you're going to present as a different gender and you're transitioning, doing that in front of millions of people was a little nerve wracking, I'll admit. And, you know, not, not knowing how people are going to perceive me and think about me. And, you know, like I, I don't pass and I'm visibly trans and I love that about myself. And, you know, the thought of just being so vulnerable for the world is scary, but I know that it's going to pay off in the end. I'm like, yeah, I don't have a high voice. I don't, you know, I'm not the smallest person, but it doesn't matter. That's not the whole point of it. The point is that I can finally, you know, present myself completely and truly to the world. I mean, honestly, it seemed so, so natural to you, you know, even coming and hanging out with you. is just like, it's Priscilla, like period. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, Absolutely. it's not, uh, it's your identity, but it's not your identity. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not, it's, you know, this is just how I'm choosing to present myself. This doesn't, this this does not define me. You know, I don't want anyone to be like, oh, she should win because she's trans or she's a great entertainer because she's trans. No, I've been a great performer since before I came out, you know? Yeah. yeah, I'm always going to be authentically true and true. And you can't, you can take the boy out of the Southern girl, but you can't take, you know, I don't even know where I'm going with that. Oh, I love you. The truth is, the truth is, it was very easy. Uh, I think just for us, like I know that the, the the transition is a is a big step for you, but for us, it was almost imperceptible. Like we were just taking you exactly how we took you on season three and what you are then. We loved. We love you today. Whatever you'll be tomorrow, we love you then too. So it's very brave. I think what you're doing too, and I agree with you. Very important. So. Um, even some of your other drag brothers and sisters in the Dragula family on the side, they've been like rooting for you too. So that it's just lovely oh. to see all of that. Yeah. Damn. I didn't know you had a heart swan. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, it's true. I do. Oh, you, you clock me. I usually get taken for the nice one. I'm actually the kind of heartless one. <laughs> oh, I know. See, on the show, it's like Drac is the more intimidating one, but in real life, I'm like, Ooh, swan. You got that spice about it. Shit. <laughs> 
I follow the rules and the rules are when we're filming the season, we can't be personable with the competitor. So I'm just following the rules. She does not. I like to break them. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't got to break a couple rules. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So how did you feel like there's a big difference between coming to Hollywood and filming the show with us and us coming there and getting in your personal life and filming everything. So what did you think was easier? Honestly, I thought I thought you guys coming here was a little bit easier, you know, because before, like on season three, you know, that was my first time ever on a plane going out there. I've never even left the South. And so that was so intimidating to me and like a big, big start for me. Mm-hmm. And so I honestly, I thought it was going to be harder for you guys to be in Asheville. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to be looking at all my stuff. They're going to like get to see me really up close and personal, get to see all the shitty makeup I use. Like it <laughs> you know, was very, very uh, nerve wracking for me. But um, I freaked out about it until the day you got there. And then as soon as I saw y'all, I was like, oh, and then, you know, when we got back to my house, I was like, oh, this is completely fine. And I was a hundred percent comfortable and comfortable with what I brought. So yeah. Yeah, it just felt like we were all hanging out, but there just happened to be cameras there, which, you know, I like this format. I feel like people get a chance to get to know you all on a more intimate level. And I think you're all stars and you're just so interesting that I'm really happy that people are going to be able to get to experience you guys in your full selves, not just what you show on the the show in a competition format. Absolutely. It's raw. You know, it's real. It's, um, it's, it's us and our most comfortable element, you know, we're in our homes and, you know, you can't really get more comfortable than that. So I think it's great what you guys are doing and I'm excited for the world to see it. It's going to be great. So same. And and my two cents on that is this too. Everybody loves drama. And of course, Dragula will serve up drama in doses, but this format allows us to really focus on the artist and what they're creating. And that's kind of special. We don't see drag presented in that way anywhere, almost ever. So no, that's never been done before. Yeah. When people see this, it's going to be very interesting because just to strip the experience of viewing it from all the drama and the antics and the, you know, the lighting or whatever it is. And really just look at the artist. It's very special. Can well, we- exactly. Yeah. It's like drama, you know, drama makes good TV, but the artist can also make good TV without all that, you know, bullshit and getting, letting my insecurities get in the way and attacking all of my castmates. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get completely rid of that. Exactly. I was like, well, you know, you're going to give a little bit of that. Little spice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's not to say that the special is not without drama, which is interesting. People will see how it manifests in a completely different way, which I think is fascinating, but a little scarier for us. (laughs) I was like, I don't remember a damn word that I just said, but I know it's going to be funny. (laughs) No, you were great, honestly. You're always so fun. And, uh, you know, one of the producers uh, loves just chatting with you. So I'm sure there's lots of good stuff to come out of it. Oh, God, I'm excited. You know what? And I can't wait to just be even funnier and make some even more great TV for you guys in season four. There you go. So listen, (laughs) since we can't get together and do a proper premiere party this year because of COVID, how do you plan on watching it uh, where you are? I would love to have a big viewing party at my home bar, the auditorium that was featured in the special. I think that that would be really good. And, you know, of course we're going to do it outside, socially distanced masks on, you know, I just did an event um, this past weekend and it was great. You know, everyone kept their mask on. I had like a freaking shield over my face, which is beautiful. So um, (laughs) yeah, I'm really excited about, we're going to get a huge projector, I think, and put it on the wall and it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be like all family and friends, you know? Fantastic. That's exciting. It sounds really fun, actually. Yeah, I wish we could. I I said this earlier. I wish we could be there in part. I wish we could just split ourselves into seven pieces and be with you guys because it's so special. And we're really kind of proud of it. I can't wait for you guys to see it. I know. I wish you guys could be like a Horcrux and just like split your soul into seven different things and just come on out, you know? Well, I mean, who knows? You know, maybe the network might pull something unexpected out and suddenly we all will be watching it together. <laughs> I mean, if, uh, if that happens. Regular, if y'all didn't throw a freaking twist on it. <laughs> I know. So I will definitely let you know, if I, but it'll be a surprise to us too. So anyways, listen, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, but also for opening up your home to us and doing the special in the first place. It's, you know, it's a lot to share with people and thank you for doing that absolutely you guys are welcome at my home anytime and thank you guys so much great thank you we'll talk to you soon all right bye-bye and we'd like to welcome our last guest who also competed on the boulet brothers dragula season one please welcome the fantastic frankie doom
Frankie, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. How are you? It's good to be back from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I hear that weird noise in the background. I think you might have brought the sound from season one back from the dead, too. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It's like the ghost of the the refrigerator sound. That's the real super monster. Right? From <laughs> what the past three years I've been sitting in a refrigerator just pulling off waiting to come back. Oh my god. Hey, you know what? Speaking of the first season, it has been like a really long time since the first season of the show, since you've been in front of the cameras. That seems like several lifetimes ago. How did it feel getting back in front of the cameras and being filmed again and judged again and all that? Um, it felt like coming home. It was really cool to see everyone and since I already knew you guys already, it didn't feel kind of like, who are these people? I'm nervous. It was kind of like, okay, I'm a little more comfortable this time. Also, it's been a few years and I've grown so much. So I feel like I'm a lot more confident in my art. So I was like, just let me show you what I have. I'm like eager to win you over and show you my art. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And it was great to get to see more of you because I feel like, you know, on season one, it was, we had limited resources. So we didn't get to see all the behind the scenes stuff that we do now on seasons two and three. You know, there's so much that you get to see. And uh, season one, we didn't get to see all that. So people didn't get to see all of your personalities as much. So I'm really glad that people are able to see all of Frankie Doom this time and to sit at just a little bit of you. <laughs> oh, they're going to see all of it. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> they sure are. You know, a lot of things, a lot of things had changed with you and with your art. I'd have to say in, in many ways, I think people will be uh, really intrigued to see how your drag has evolved and changed and some of the different skill sets you bring to it. But I was happy to say and see that as far as like the big personality, the big tits and the big hair in that department, none of that has changed. And I love you for that. Oh, that's going nowhere. I'm all about tits. <laughs> tits, big dicks and big hair. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for that. I mean, season one was just such a magical moment in my life and it inspired me so much. And then just the, the critiques every week, I kept trying to get better and apply them to myself. And just I just actually binge watched uh, season one again just to fuck it, go through it again and just watch it. And it was kind of fun to just see all that happen again. And just to see from then to now, you know, thank you so much for all the critiques. I really am grateful for them. Well, you're very welcome. You know, we really want everyone to just grow. We want the experience to be a chance for all of us to get better and grow. And and just, you know, I feel like when you're in a competition situation, you're outside of your comfort zone, which makes you try new things and learn new things. And I think it's kind of a good experience. It definitely was for me. I love it. (laughs) So if you had to pick something like uh, from your experience filming the the Dragula Resurrection, um, what was like your favorite part about filming this one? Oh my God, being at home and being comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Being ready in my room. (laughs) (laughs) Minus the heat. The heat wave was crazy. Uh, We filmed in the middle of a fucking heat wave, so that was kind of shitty. But other than that, I mean, it was cool just kind of having you guys over and interacting with you in my home and introducing you to my life. (laughs) Yeah, it was really interesting to see. And, you know, you were talking earlier about, we were talking about season one, but you actually go back even further than season one because you used to be a part of the crew back when the Blade Brothers Dragula was a nightlife event. Yep. I was an actioner. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You won. uh, You won the pageant and then you ended up working there as an executioner. Uh, so you've seen the whole thing. Did you ever think when you first entered that pageant that it would lead to all this? No, but I mean, I knew that was the one to win. Like, I knew that's the crown that I wanted. Um, there was nothing like that for, you know, a weirdo like me out there. You guys created a magical world for us to kind of come to life in. And I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to win it. And a lot of my friends won. So I was like, fuck this. I have to get it too. I'm not going to be the loser bitch that doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know what? That's a fucking mantra to live by, isn't it? Right. So yeah, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that I got to be a part of it. And it was really cool to, you know, every month come back and work with you guys and have a theme ready. And kind of, I got to pick the 10 coolest people to get up there. And there was people that were like, pick me. And I'd be like, no, you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you didn't bring it this week or this month. Um, try harder next time, sis. <laughs> you're like, you're not ugly enough to get yeah, on You didn't bring enough mess, trash, and titties to get on this fucking stage. <laughs> You're like ugly, ugly, not good, ugly. Yeah, we need the good, ugly. We need the mess. I need the trash. I need the, the tits and the bulge. Especially <laughs> back then, the stuff that, that everyone had to do in the patch, and it was like, you had to, you know, you had to be a real bitch to be able to do all that stuff. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I love the chugs. 
<laughs> I know. That was fun. I was like, if you were smart, you could come to the party, win a couple hundred dollars, and get drunk for free. For free, yeah. You know how to play your cards, right? Why do you think I drank then, so many times? I was like, I'm going to get shit-faced every time I get here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, because of COVID and the obvious circumstances that we're all living under, we can't really do like a proper premiere party this year. Um, so do you have any special plans about how you're going to view the episode come October 20th? I don't know yet. Um I'm not sure. I kind of want to do some of my friends. I want to have a few friends over. Just the Doom House, you know, all my sisters. And I'm going to get them all to dress up with me and just watch it with me, maybe record some stuff. I don't know. It'll be really fun. It's really su- It really sucks we can't get together and kind of just all be together watching it. I know, I know. But you know what? I think we'll have the chance to make up for it later, I'm sure. We always think of something. And, you know, you never know. uh, Someone could pull something out real quick and suddenly we could all be watching this live together. Who knows? (laughs) You never know. I'm more more so happy that I get to now wear my outfits when I go perform in um, other states at the end of this month. (laughs) Right, that's true. That's true. Oh, you're saying the outfits that you reveal on the special. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get to wear anything that I made. That sucks. And then now that this is happening on the 20th, fuck it. They're all coming out. So now that we can talk about the cast, I have to ask you of the cast of the Blade Brothers Dragula Resurrection, give us your fuck Mary Kill list. Oh my god. All right. Uh fuck Dolly. Okay. <laughs> Mary Victoria, because she has all that good shit. She's a fucking artist. I can go through all her stuff for days. <laughs> I'm just gonna roll her blind <laughs> and the divorce. Um and kill. Kendra. Oh. <laughs> Killing your girl. She's got yeah, you know, she's got dirt on you or something. That's my sister, but there's no friends in competitions. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, listen, that's all the time we have because we have to interview everyone today. So thank you for coming on the show and chatting with us. And again, thank you for welcoming us to your house and opening your life up to us and like let us, you know, get show the audience everything you have, you know? You're always welcome back. My mom loves you guys. Oh, your mom's awesome. It was great to meet her. (laughs) Super cute. Thank you, Frankie. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you. Tell your mom we said hi. Bye. I will for sure. Bye. Right, everyone. That's all the time we have for this double episode of the Blade Brothers Creatures of the Night. We want to thank you for listening and be sure to tune in to the Boulay Brothers Resurrection, which will be going live on AMC Shutter at 9 p.m. PST here in the United States. And remember, it will also be going live in the UK, Canada, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand at the same time, meaning it might be like three in the afternoon for some of you. But regardless, we can all watch it at the same time, which is very exciting. Make sure you watch it. And we implore all of you, if you love the show, please share and spread the news of the special far and wide. Yell it from the rooftops and get people to tune into the launch on Shutter. Do us that favor or yes. die. Thank you all for joining us and happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> The Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted and produced by Drac Morta and Swanthula Boulay, featuring co-host Ian DeVogler. Produced by Natasha Pasetta, edited and mixed by Ernesto Hortada, with music by Neuron Spectre. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.